There are questions you don't have the answers for. There are problems you don't have the solutions for. There are jobs you don't have the ability for. Some things are just bigger than you. So, the question then is, what do you do with what's bigger than you? What do you do when you face things that are just beyond you? Beyond your wisdom, beyond your abilities? This is a question I've wrestled with lately. As I have thought about and prayed about our church and the future of our church, I have run into questions that I can't answer. I have discovered problems I don't have solutions for. And I have discovered there are jobs that I just simply don't have the ability to perform. I, I've faced some things that are just bigger than me. I went to Alabama for a couple of days this week to think and pray and look at the scripture. My first morning there, Wednesday, Psalm 131 was part of my daily Bible reading, just part of my routine. And God used this psalm to help me very much. In this psalm, 131, I'll invite you to look there with me. God has shown me what do you do with what's bigger than you? What do you do when you come up against things that are just beyond you? What do you do? Well, the short answer is you trust God with what's bigger than you. Oh, but there's so much more in this psalm I need you to see. So let's look tonight for a few moments at Psalm 131. Please stand as I read it for us. O Yahweh, my heart is not exalted, and my eyes are not raised high, and I do not involve myself in great matters, or in matters too marvelous for me. Surely I have soothed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, wait for Yahweh from now until forever. Please be seated. In this psalm, David is a model for us about what do you do when you're faced with things that are bigger than you, with things that are beyond you. He models for us what it looks like to trust God with what's bigger than you. And what I want you to see tonight as we look at these scriptures, those who trust God with the things that are bigger than them are marked by three things. And these three things should mark each one of us as God's people. Here's the first one. 
humility. Those who trust God with what's bigger than them are marked by humility. Look at what David says in verse 1. Oh, Yahweh, my heart is not exalted. Some versions may say proud. It, it, the word means to be overly confident in your abilities or your greatness or your worth. To think too much about who you are and what you can do. To overestimate yourself. It's pride. Then he says, my eyes are not raised high. And that speaks of arrogance. Like looking down your nose at somebody. So, so David says, I am not prideful and arrogant. And if you take these words together, it speaks of both attitude and action. My heart is not prideful. You know, that's his, his attitude. And then he says, my eyes are not raised high. That pictures his demeanor. So, so David is saying, look, God, I am not prideful and arrogant in attitude or action. He is assuming a posture of humility. In what sense? Humility in what respect? Well, let's look. I do not involve myself in great matters or in matters too marvelous for me. Involve myself means go after, literally go after or walk after. I do not pursue. I do not involve myself really is a good translation. I don't involve myself in great matters. This is a, a word that means something that's held in high esteem, in high honor. And then he says, I don't involve myself in matters too marvelous for me. This is a word that means extraordinarily good or extraordinarily great. Let me explain it to you this way. David is saying, I do not aspire to things that are beyond me. I don't try to figure out things that are beyond me. That's humility. Humility recognizes that there are some stations, some positions in life that have not been granted to me. Humility recognizes that there are some abilities and some responsibilities that are just beyond me. Humility recognizes there are some things I simply cannot know. Some things I simply cannot understand. Some things I simply can't comprehend. So David says, God, I'm not prideful. I accept that there are some things that are just bigger than me. They're beyond me. Some things I can't do. Some things I just can't know. Some things I can't figure out. There are some places in life you have not chosen to put me. I think about working in the shop with my daddy. My daddy was a cabinet maker and built furniture. And uh, I learned how to use woodworking tools and I learned how to build cabinets and all kind of stuff in the shop with daddy. But when it came to some of the real fine detail work, a lot of times I had to let daddy do it. Because in the shop, there's some things that were just beyond me. 
I didn't have the training experience and the skill and the knowledge to do some of the fine detail work that daddy could do. I just had to step back and let him do it. That's what David's saying here. Look, I recognize God that there's some things just beyond me. And, and I'm not going to uh, assume a position of arrogance or pride. I accept there are some things that are bigger than me. Let me tell you how this speaks to me. This sermon tonight is more about me than it is you. I'm just letting you listen. I have had the view, perspective, that this church's future is my responsibility. You know what that is? Pride. I have said to myself, I have education. I have experience. I'm supposed to have the wisdom and the skill to make things happen. You know what that is? It's pride. I have had this picture in my mind of what I think the church's future should look like. You know what that is? That's pride. This is something that is initially not easy for me to say. This church's future is not in my hands. And it never was. That's too big for me. I don't have the wisdom or the skill to produce a work of God here or anywhere else. That's too big for me. I don't know what God has in store for this church. That's too big for me. To trust God with things that are bigger than you, is first to embrace a posture of humility. Acknowledging. You know what? I don't know. I'm in over my head. It's to abandon pride and arrogance. The pride that says, I'm supposed to be able to get it done. I, I can get it done. I got the skill. I got what it takes. I'm supposed to know the answers. I'm supposed to better figure it all out. Listen, that's just pure pride. Humility is the first mark of those who trust God in the face of things that are bigger than them. Here's the second mark I want to show you. Contentment. Contentment. Those who trust God with what's bigger than them are marked by contentment. Verse 2, surely I have soothed and quieted my soul. The word soothe means to make calm. Quieted, think of a baby who's with its mother, but it's not fussing. It's not agitated, right? It's quiet, it's at rest. That's the, that's the picture David's given. I have... 
calmed and quieted my soul. I am not agitated. I'm not stirred up. Then he said, like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. The picture there is, is content. I'm not agitated. I'm not stirred up. I'm content. Everything's okay. And he talks about I'm, my soul is quieted. My soul is like a weaned child. That means that's his inner disposition. It's not just something he pretends on the outside. He's not just pretending that he's calm and everything's okay. In his heart, he really, he, he's accepted a place of contentment. He's come to a place where he can say, I'm calm and I'm content. And that's because he's come to a place where he's just trusted God with the things that are beyond him. We talked a minute ago, I said there are some stations and positions in life that have not been granted to me. Contentment says, I'm okay with that. God has not seen fit to put me up here. He has put me down here. And I'm okay with that. There's some abilities that I don't have. Some responsibilities God has not seen fit to give me. They're beyond me. They're bigger than me. Contentment says, I'm okay with that. There are some things I simply cannot know, some things I simply cannot understand, some things I can, simply cannot comprehend, and contentment says, I'm okay with that. I'm at peace. I, I, I've come to the place that I have to be content. with the fact that this church's future is in God's hands, not mine. i got to be okay with that. I have to be content with the fact that I don't have the wisdom or the skill to produce a work of God in this church. Only God can do that, and I have to be okay with that. I have to be content with leaving that in His hands. I have to be content with leaving the church's future in his hand. I have to be content with the fact that I simply do not know what God has planned for the future of this church. I don't know, and i got to be okay with that. See, trusting God involves being content with the things that are just beyond you. You understand? I have to accept there's some things I just can't do. There's some things I just don't know. And it's okay. It's okay. Here's the third mark for those who trust God in the face of what's bigger than them. It's hope. Those who trust God with what's bigger than them are marked by hope. This is going to be the shortest sermon in the history of my entire life. Look what verse 3 says. O Israel, 
wait for the Lord from now on until forever. From now until forever. Wait. What does it mean? Some of your versions may say hope, but literally in Hebrew, the word is wait. What does it mean? You've heard people say, wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount it with wings like eagles. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to look forward with confident expectation. Basically, it means to have hope. Look forward with confident expectation. He says, wait from now until forever. Now speaks of the present. Until forever speaks of the future. So here's what he's saying. Today, tomorrow, and every day to come, look forward with confident expectation. Why? Because of who God is. Look what he says. O Israel, wait for Yahweh. Wait for the Lord. Hope in who God is. Our confident expectation is a result of trusting who we know God to be. Psalm 130, verse 7. O Israel, wait for Yahweh. Why? For Yahweh, for with Yahweh there is loving kindness, and with Him is abundant redemption. We have confident expectation. We have hope in Him because we know who He is. And if we really trust Him, we'll be marked by that hope. Here's something that is, it's freeing for me in some ways. I don't have to know the future to have hope. God knows the future. I don't have to have all the answers to have hope. God has all the answers. I don't have to be able to do great and marvelous things to have hope. God can do great and marvelous things. My hope doesn't depend on me having all the answers. Or me being able to solve all of the world's problems. Let me say this to you. Whether this church continues for a hundred more years or a hundred more days, our hope remains. Why? Our, listen, our hope does not rest on the future of this church. Our hope rests on the life, death, and resurrection of the Son of God. Rather, God sees fit to increase our number greatly or chooses for us to be few in number. Our hope is not diminished in the least. Our hope doesn't depend on our attendance. Our hope depends on our Savior. A church of 30 is no less a church than a church of 30,000. No less a church of the living God. 
So what do we do? What do we do? I'm going to give you three things. We do what we can do. And we trust the Lord with what we can't do. We accept that there are some things we just can't do. We don't have the ability. Some things are bigger than us. So we focus on what we can do. And we trust the Lord with the things that we can't do. Number two. We do the things we know God wants us to do. And trust the Lord with what we don't know. We give ourselves to the things we know He wants us to do. And don't worry about what we don't know. We got enough to do just doing what we know to do to keep us busy for 10,000 more lifetimes. Number three. We focus on being faithful in the present and trust the Lord with the future. Let me try to flesh that out just a little bit. We preach the Word of God faithfully, accurately, boldly. We, we make disciples. We try to teach our folks what it means to look like Jesus. We try to teach them God's Word and try to help them to grow and become more like Him. We, we focus on helping our folks become more like Jesus. We do the things that we're able to do in trying to do missions and trying to share the gospel with other people. We do what we can. We give ourselves to worship. We give ourselves to discipleship. We give ourselves to, to trying to connect with other people with the gospel. In other words, we do the things God has put the church here to do. And we leave the rest with God. Let's be humble. Let's be content. And let's be hopeful. Anxiety comes from trying to solve problems that are bigger than you. Anxiety comes from trying to accomplish things that are beyond you. Anxiety comes from trying to answer questions that are just bigger than you. Peace comes from trusting God with the things that are bigger than you. Peace comes from trusting God with the things that are bigger than you. We are under absolutely no pressure whatsoever to grow this church to a certain size. Are you hearing me? Now, that doesn't mean we don't want to grow. That is not what I'm saying. But listen, 
all we can do is cast the net. Only God can put fish in it. We can't, we can't get people into the kingdom. Only God can do that. We have to be content to do what we're able to do and leave the other part to God. That's beyond you and me. We can preach the gospel every chance we have. But we can't force people to come into the kingdom. The question is going to be, are we okay with doing what God has given us to do and leaving the rest with Him? Are we okay? I'm really sorry if you thought that me coming here was just going to turn it all around. And I'll be honest, I, I have kind of felt like that is my responsibility. That's, that's on me. And that's been my struggle. That's been what has kind of had me semi-depressed. Is because I'm looking at something that as of yet I've not admitted. It's just bigger than me. And over this past week, God has spent a few days teaching me that you're never going to be at peace until you just trust me with all this stuff that's just beyond you. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do what God put the church here to do. And we're going to rejoice doing it. We're going to worship. We're going to preach. We're going to teach the scripture. We're going to try to help one another grow as Christians. We're going to do the best we can to try to witness to folks and try to reach our families and friends for Jesus. We're going to have a good time doing it all and we're going to leave the rest with God. And if it lasts a hundred more years or ten more minutes, we're going to have hope anyway. Let's pray.